Welcome to The Ross Project, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Tomokov, and I'm your host. On this podcast, you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. And you might be wondering who it is that I have with me today and it is the beautiful Courtney Turner. Good morning, Courtney. Good morning. So there's a reason Courtney's here this morning with me, and that is because that is the big special announcement that I wanted to share before we kick things off. And that is the fact that Courtney, who we actually met on a prior episode of The Raj Project, where she was a guest and uh, she took the time to share her amazing story which I'm going to have her actually talk about in a few minutes here. But Courtney is actually going to be joining me as a co-host of the show uh, moving forward. Uh, so, so ecstatic about this. Uh, we actually we talked about this over the weekend, right? Just kind of like mm -hmm. Friday, yeah. Saturday. It was just like kind of coming together and like so fast paced. And so I'm pretty excited about this because, you know, I think when you were uh, a guest on the show, even I mentioned this several times that, oh my God, fascinating story, fascinating story, you know, and totally blessed, totally blessed, you know, to, uh, to have you on the show. So before we have you kind of share a little bit about your story, you know, um, I wanted to mention that Courtney actually has a new podcast that's going to be uh, kicking off the Courtney Turner podcast. And, uh, let's just say, let's just say that this is going to rattle the cages. Uh, <laughs> and, if you're looking for the type of podcast that's not boring and keeps you on your toes, go and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> it's getting ready to launch and go and subscribe because this is definitely the podcast that you want to have in your arsenal. So, Courtney, let's uh, let, let's let's with the viewer share, you know, in a few minutes, let's talk about your story uh, a little bit because you have a fascinating story. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So the Cliff Notes version essentially is that my mother had germ measles during first trimester pregnancy. And so I was born with what's called congenital rubella. You may be familiar with the term rubella. It's in the MMR vaccine. R stands for rubella. My parents, mm -hmm. unfortunately, neither of them were vaccinated. And so therefore, I was born congenital rubella, which left me with several medical complications, not limited to, but including I was born with a cataract in my left eye, which I'm now blind in one eye because I developed glaucoma. It's not a normal eye, so there's lots of complications with that. I was also born with a bilateral hearing impairment. I did not receive hearing aids, so I was almost six years old, however, because I learned how to speak by reading lips. And there's a really great story I love to tell about the first time I got hearing aids and I stepped outside and I kept asking my mom, what's that sound? What's that sound? Mm -hmm. And it was birds chirping. I had never in my life heard birds chirping before. And wow. to this day, I get teary eyed thinking about that. Um, but my mom did cry at the time. Um, I had heart surgery when I was about a year old. There was my heart that was opened and did not close, needed to be surgically closed. I had asymmetrical bone development, hypotonic limbs, which means the muscles in my limbs didn't develop, uh, fine and graphic motor impairment. Um, I think I, my growth was stunted. I was missing 10 teeth. So as you can see, there were lots yeah. and lots of challenges. So 
it's been quite the road, but I'm, you know, as you can see, I'm here. So I, all things considered, I was really, really fortunate. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, as you were, and, and I've heard the story multiple times, but I, I wanted you to share it again because it's just, <laughs> I feel like every time, you know, hearing about that, I think it's, you sort of, I mean, if you don't, you're inhuman. But to me, I was just like, listen, I'm like, you know, there's, there's less fortunate people out there in the world, you know, and, and the fact that, I mean, you are a miracle. And, and I think people just don't realize, which this kind of leads into our topic of discussion here in a little bit is the fact that I, I don't think, I mean, today's Monday and a lot of people are like, Oh, it's Monday. You know, I gotta get going. Oh my God. I'm tired from the weekend. But there's a lot of people that probably didn't wake up this morning to begin with. And totally. I think it's, you know, the gratitude mindset, which I think you've, you've embraced that through the course of your life because, and this, this might be for a separate episode, but you, you're extremely, extremely active in, in fitness. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, just fascinated with some of the things that you've been able to do, because like you said yourself, I mean, uh, all odds were against you, right? When, when you were little, all odds were against you and you beat all those odds. They told my mom the best she could hope was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. Wow. Fortunately, she didn't take that advice, but. Right, yeah. right, right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy. You know, that is crazy. Like, I feel like. And this is something that, you know, I want to talk about. But first, before before we jump into the topic of discussion, I just want to mention we're live everywhere. Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Periscope, LinkedIn Live right now. And uh, we're, we're streaming everywhere. In fact, I'm pretty excited about this because uh, we're going to be doing this twice a week uh, on Mondays and Fridays um, at this point. And so uh, that kind of leads me <clears throat> to the topic of discussion, you know, uh, something I really, really, and I'm excited on this first episode to talk to you about it. And that is difference of opinion, you know, difference of opinion. You know, I, I, I know that you like, this is something for your podcast. And by the way, for those of you listening, make sure you can go and subscribe to the court internal podcast. Okay. It's going to be a new episode are going to coming out in the month of November. And I'm telling you guys, like, this is the podcast that you want to listen to, you know, uh, it's very heavy on the political side, which I absolutely admire about, you know, Courtney. She has a very, very, and what is that, what is that term, Courtney, that you mentioned? What is the term that they use for uh, someone who critiques or provides feedback? I'm trying to remember. Uh, pundit? Pundit. That's it. Pundit. pundit. Yeah. pundit that's, that was the term that I was looking for. And so uh, <laughs> definitely go and subscribe to the podcast. But Let's talk about difference of opinion. You know, we are what a couple of weeks away from election, and like it's eight, like eight days, eight days, eight days. Oh my yep. god! So I've heard people say on social media that they're about to relocate to another country. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, I, I think that it really depends on what they're looking for, and I mm -hmm. think that is part of what is so fascinating about this current election. Uh, I would argue this is probably one of the most important uh, sequential elections, uh, certainly of my lifetime, uh, but possibly in history. And uh, I think when people say that, uh, it's possible. You there? Did I lose you? There you are. Okay. Um, there I am. It is <laughs> technical glitches. So it's possible that there 
that 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 really is what they want. You know, that they want a different form of government. They want a different, uh, you know, societal mm-hmm. structure. And that's certainly within their purview. However, I think a lot of people who are making these claims don't necessarily uh, the extent and the ramifications of what it is they think they want. Um, right. People, we have a very unique government structure. You know, a lot of people say we're a democracy, but we're not. We're a constitutional republic, and that is incredibly unique, incredibly rare, uh, and we are the first to institute anything of that kind of structure like it. You know, the, the Constitution yeah. of the United States of America is the first of its kind. And I think when people say they're going to relocate, uh, they don't really realize what it is. You know, saying, like, be careful what you what you wish for, because you just might get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I, absolutely. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. They're not, a, a lot of mm-hmm. people really aren't as informed as they like to think they are. And, you know, yeah. there's that saying that uh, uh, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, right? And everybody's yeah. entitled to their opinion. But that doesn't mean that everybody's opinion is uh, as well informed or educated as it could be. So, absolutely, absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. But you know, there's a couple of things that you mentioned that I wanted to allude to, and that is, let's just face it: greatest country in the world. I mean, it doesn't matter who gets elected president, which I think so many people literally got their you know heads you know, so bent, bent over forward that they think that, you know, a new president is going to solve their problems. You know, they think a new president is going to make them happier. You know, a new president is going to make their business grow. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, sure, every country needs a leader. Don't get me wrong. Every country does need a good leader. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the leader is not going to change your life for you. Probably not. And that's actually a really interesting point mm-hmm. because it goes back to my point of people not really understanding uh, the ramifications of what they're asking for. You know, our government structure is very unique in that we have three branches of government. Mm-hmm. The president is not a dictator. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, that's part of what is on some people's uh, minds is very scary about the direction that we are, you know, that we could possibly move into mm-hmm. is to give more power to, to that branch of government. And that's not what we want. You know, we really want to keep the checks and balances that our founding fathers had implemented because that's what makes us so unique. Right. And that's what enables the people, the citizens of this country to have the power that they do have. You brought up the point about people being happier and having their businesses mm-hmm. grow. Part of what people move to this country for is to have the freedoms and the, you know, entrepreneurial uh, latitude right. to take uh, their own initiative and to reap the fruits of their labor, and also the pursuit of happiness. That's you know really embedded in our uh, founding documents, and it's something that makes us really unique. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was a really good point, and. You're absolutely right. Is this that? And I think that's probably one of the biggest things right now is because, you know, there's so much division in the country, I feel like. And a lot of the division comes from difference of opinion. And when I when I look at that, you know, I wonder to myself, I'm like, can we just not, you know, agree to disagree as human beings? Like, can we not, you know, just look at, you know, politics or life or you know, the world of chaos or mediocrity or whatever else, you know, that think that might be negative in the world and allow that to influence us. Because, 
you know, I, I see all these stats that like, you know, stress and depression attributes to this, this and this. And I'm like, really, does it? Or is it the fact that people allow it? You know, is it the fact that people allow that negative consumption? Absolutely. I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, two, uh, two people can experience the exact same circumstance mm -hmm. and have a completely different response to it. Um, and different perception of it. Right. So, you know, that's what makes human beings so incredibly fascinating. And I, I personally think incredible, you know, is that we are all so unique and we can literally have the exact same experience and two people can respond to it totally differently. And for one person, it could be the catalyst that moves their life forward. And for another person, it could be the thing that destroys them. And so when you talk about the difference of opinion, I think that right now we are seeing a lot of division, you know, and I, I've wrestled with this a lot, you know, really trying to understand if we are more divided than we've been in uh, previous times or if it just appears that way because it's hard when you're in it, right? When yeah. you're currently in something, it's really hard to have kind of that bird's eye view. Um, it's really easy to look back and, you know, hindsight is 2022. 20, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Right. Um, so it's really easy to look back and have such a clear, such clarity on something. But when you're in it, it's not so clear. And I don't know if we are more divided. I don't really have that answer, but it certainly feels that way. Yeah. And I can certainly say that you know I don't think I'm alone in that perspective. But when people have difference of opinion, I think a lot of it comes from people have different worldviews. You know, we're only right. capable of looking through our own eyes. We can't step outside of ourselves. And this is something I think really important for people to understand. There are a lot of people who want to take this, what I call moral high ground, because right. they say, oh, you know, I'm not on that side or that side. You know, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I pick and choose. And I, they, they're alluding to this notion that they're kind of morally superior and they, they don't pick teams or they don't pick, you know, Republican, Democrat. And, the reality is that I, I think that that's a, a little bit dishonest because yeah. while you may not favor one side or the other, you may truly be kind of in the middle and figuring it out. And that's totally valid and that's fair and everybody's entitled to, you know, and you, you can change your mind as well. However, I don't think it's fair for anybody to say they don't have a bias. Right. Um, nor do I think that that's the goal as human beings. I think as human beings, we are only capable of having bias because we're only capable of seeing things through our own perspective and worldviews. However, I think that it actually helps us when we're having conversations with people who may not agree for those for that other person to know where our bias lies, for them to know where we stand. So I always say I think the goal is not to eradicate the bias. The goal is to be consciously choose your bias, to become aware of it first. And then right. to say, okay, this is where I sit and I, I'm, I want to be here. You know, this seems right to me. That doesn't mean we, we are right. We don't know. We don't have the crystal ball. We don't, we're not able to take that, you know, bird's eye view. However, we know what, think, what we think is right. And I think it, you know, that's integrity is choosing that bias, actively standing behind your conviction. And I actually think that that makes for more fruitful conversations with people who may disagree because then they know where you're coming from and they can you know choose their stance and possibly you can find where there's areas that you do agree you disagree and you can you can navigate the conversation much more productively i feel
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was that was a jam-packed segment right there. And <laughs> I want to allude to that because uh, you, you mentioned a few important things that we're talking about perception also in perspective. But first, just wanted to mention that if you're just joining us on the show, we've got the lovely Courtney, who is the new co-host of The Raj Project. And we're talking about difference of opinion. We're live all over the web, Twitch, YouTube, LinkedIn Live, Periscope, uh, Facebook. And so you said something really interesting, Courtney. You said perception. And my take on that is perception is reality, right? Because we all have our individual perspective on things, right? And here's something very interesting, actually, that I got to thinking about when you were talking about perspective. And that is we draw our own conclusion on things, which is perspective, right? Based on how it applies to our own lives, our own interests, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why, as they say, perception is reality, but perception varies based on your consumption of information. So the way I perceive things are different than the way you perceive things. That's the beauty about it is this that, let's face it, if there were identical perceptions, the world would be extremely dull. I concur. The, the world will be extremely dull, and that's why we have this diversification right now with the elections and everything that's that's. that's it's why we on. have freedom of speech. That's why we have the First Amendment. Is because exactly opinions, yeah, and that's exactly. how we learn and grow. That's where real mm -hmm. progress uh, is derived. Yeah. Absolutely, you know that's a, that's a great point. Is that you know I think people get so adamant about being so self righteous that they forget about that First Amendment. Yeah. It's like. Just because you have a perception of things in a certain way and you think that 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 is the way that things should be does not necessarily mean that how things are. Right. So I think we talked about this actually on your podcast episode is the three different realities. There's my reality, your reality and the reality of yep. the world. Absolutely. And people just can't quite fathom that because I, I, I think that a lot of people want to be self-righteous. Right. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think a lot of people do want to be self-righteous. And I think, you know, there's a quote by Nietzsche that I, I love and I use this a lot. People don't want to know the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there is a lot of truth in that. People get very uh, attached to their, perspe their perspective and their perceptions. Um, and that creates a sense of uh, clarity for them. You know, they're inside their own little bubble. Right. And I think that this... Uh, awareness or a realization that maybe things are different from what they thought is actually very disconcerting for them. It's hard for them to reconcile. And so instead of opening up their, their mind to the possibility that they, you know, what they thought is actually not real, you know, or not a hundred percent accurate, they, they dig their heels and they have to prove that they're right. And that, no, that is. I mean, and I feel like that's a lot of what's happening right now. Honestly, I feel like it's the difference of opinion. I feel like and we see this all over social media, right? Like mm. I should laugh every morning. Like I think I saw something in my feed this morning that like uh, someone posted a very controversial post and they were like, OK, so I'm going to watch my friends get, get smaller and smaller or the haters build up. And I'm like, like, really, you're like wasting your time and energy or shit like that. Like, why don't you use your time and energy on something more productive? And the fact that, you know, there's people that disagree with you out there. And that's one thing that I think I struggled, you know, when I was younger as an Eastern European is the fact that I just couldn't fathom and accept the fact that others would disagree with me. And when they did, I saw that as a derogatory thing. 
I saw it as if like, okay, well, they disagree with me, so I must be wrong and they must be right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like an insult on intelligence, on your own mm -hmm. intelligence. It's an insult on your self-confidence. I mean, that probably explains the fact in part why I had zero self-confidence is because I thought that everybody else was right and I was wrong. And it's like, right. you know, I'm just this Eastern European that has doesn't have a freaking clue about anything about, you know, the Western world or how things works. Maybe that's why I never really got heavy into politics. I feel like now, I mean, other than I guess it was what, eight years ago when Obama got, you know, elected, everybody was like all jazzed up about it. That mm -hmm. passed. And now, you know, we've got Trump and we've got Biden also. Everybody's like all jazzed up. And it's like, okay, well, once, you know, a president gets elected, all right, mm -hmm. what are we going to do then? Like, what are we going to bicker about? You know, what are we going to fight about in social media? Because I feel like my social stream is flooded with, you know, a political memes, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is. It's a very heightened time right now. Um, you know, I... I, I this we can kind of circle back to what you were bringing up earlier when you said that mm -hmm. you know the president doesn't determine your happiness. It's not going to make your business grow. There is an element of truth in that. However, the direction of the government does give you certain freedoms sure. or or take them away. And I think that because there's uh, such a diametrically opposed ideologies present presented for us right now mm -hmm. and that's why people are so heated and they do feel that it is very personally going to affect them um you know i wish people took this kind of initiative interest and passion at the local level uh because i think our i think our government would look very different if people got much more involved as citizens sure. locally municipally and that is really where uh, the citizens have the power to effectuate the most change. And that, you know, trickles up as opposed to trickling down. It's really, it starts, you know, with the, the local cities. You know, you see a lot right. of what happens here, especially in California. Um, a lot of the laws that get implemented, are they, they carry out. And so I wish people took that kind of action more, more regularly right. locally. Right. No, you know, that's that, that's a really good point that, that you mentioned, because, you know, uh, you were talking about how government, you know, affects direction. And sure, it does, obviously, of an entire country, because it affects the way a government operates, the way a country operates, mm -hmm. obviously. But, you know, looking at it, you know, the last hundred years. Right. I mean, we've had multiple presidents come and go, you know, yeah. uh, some have been very favored and others haven't. You know, they've been very opposed in the grand scheme of things. I mean, we've done OK. You know, we've mm -hmm. done okay. It's like, I feel like, you know, people try to be too patriotic maybe, but then they forget about what patriotic really is right. in a way that they get so hyper-focused in the political aspect, you know, of things. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, patriotism and like, because I know a lot of people are talking about right now, like, oh, patriotic and I'm going to vote and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. What's your thoughts on that? Um, So it's a really interesting point. I I think patriotism is actually very important. Uh, if you don't have a pride in your country, then what is going to give you any impetus to defend it? And, right. you know, I mean that on every level, you know, in terms of getting out there and voting, in terms of, uh, you know, messaging, in terms of, uh, you know, at the extreme level, going to fight for your country. 
So I think patriotism is very important. I think we've seen an increase in uh, shaming people for being patriotic, uh, which I've honestly never understood. I, I don't, that makes no sense to me at all. I, the only thing that I can think of is that I think some people may be conflating uh, nationalism uh, right. with patriotism. And there, there is a difference. You know, I would say it's a difference of degree. Uh, as Americans who are patriotic, we have pride in the history of our nation, the development of our nation, uh, hopefully in the future of our nation. That doesn't right. mean that we want our nation to take over the world. That's not what we're looking for. And that's really more speaking to nationalistic interests. You know, so sure. I think that may be where some people are conflating the two and they think of being patriotic as being a nationalist who we want to colonize the world. And, you know, that's just not accurate. Um, but otherwise, I don't know why anybody would have an argument against being patriotic. You know, and then there's the other argument that I hear from a lot of people that America is just not special. You know, we're just like <laughs> everyone else. And, you know, it, this is not an egotistical, egocentric uh, concept. We have lots right. of tangible evidence to prove such. Uh, this is based on fact. America is exceptional. There is no other country like it. And I think what really proves this point, one thing that really proves this point so well, right. is I've had people from around the world reach out to me to tell me how invested they are in this current election. And if we you know, I have to say, quite honestly, I don't, you know, I try to follow what's happening in the world, but I'm not, you know, you know, like so entrenched and invested in every election in other countries. Right. So why are they? And that is a really interesting question, right? And I always ask them because I'm so fascinated by it. And usually the response is because what happens with you guys affects us. And, you know, it, it has a profound impact on us. And so really waiting with bated breath right. to see what's going to happen. And, you know, if we were not that special, why would they care? <laughs> yeah, no, I, absolutely. That's a really good point. And you said something that I, I want to touch upon, actually, and that you said exceptional, America being exceptional. So as an Eastern European, as a naturalized citizen, uh, mm -hmm. who was, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to take the U.S. Uh, the U.S. naturalization test, you know, Amazing. and that was... An amazing experience, I'll tell you, you that. You probably know way more about our history than most American <laughs> citizens do, unfortunately. Well, you um, you said it, you said it, and and but it's true. It is true. It is true. Most yeah. most Americans don't know their own history, believe it or not. No. And you know, like, well, one side of that is this: when you tell most Americans that, you know, do you know your history? You know, you're trying to be patriotic and all, but do you know your history? You know, because most really don't. Can. I think they developed their own version of history that they like to believe in. We have a lot of that, actually. Uh, and that bothers me so much, this mm -hmm. revisionist history. And, you know, the argument that I make a lot of the times is people will tell me w that they want to eradicate the negative aspects of our history. Right. And, and you know, I, I take such a strong stance against that because are we perfect? No. No human being is, no society is. However, if we erase all the things that we've done wrong, we can't see where, how, where we've grown. You know, I talk about this a lot in fitness. Like, I think it's really important to have goals, but it's also really important to acknowledge where you've come from, where you've started. 
Right. You know, so I like people to track their experience and their progress. And this is the same thing for our country. And, it, you know, arguably in some ways it has a larger ripple effect when you're talking about a country because the, the mistakes that we've made and that we've learned from and that we've corrected, those set the precedents moving forward. We don't want to erase that. We want to acknowledge that we've made these mistakes and look how much how much growth there's been right. and look at where we're going now. Um, so a lot of people don't know our real history. A lot of people are, you know, perpetuating, perpetuating the shame in our history. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is another thing that I'm really opposed to. I think it is quite devastating. And I don't just think it's devastating in terms of the potential ramifications and consequences that it can incur, but I think it's damaging to the psyche. Absolutely. You know, to especially children to be ashamed of your history. Uh, you have no control over what your ancestors have done. And moreover, you should learn from it and not be ashamed yeah. of it because we've done a lot right. So there's a lot to be proud yeah, of as absolutely. well. And, and the other, one other point that I want to make is that, you know, if you don't have redemption as a nation, how do you have redemption personally and individually? And redemption is essential to moving forward and to progress. Right. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to go back to uh, to allude to the exceptional comment you made, because uh, where I was going with that is as an Eastern European, you know, I 100 percent concur with the fact that the United States of America is 100 percent exceptional, exceptional in many ways, exceptional in good ways, exceptional in bad ways, like any country. Let's just say that if you think that a country is perfect, then I uh, should probably move to a different country because it's not. <laughs> I don't think there's any country out there in the world that's perfect because every country goes through its own set of issues and challenges, and that's part of growth. That's part of evolution. And yeah. so I concur on the fact that, you know, the United States of America is 100% exceptional because I think back to, you know, that 14-year-old kid, that being me, uh, when we first immigrated to the United States of America, and actually my father has been here since, you know, the late 90s. It was yeah. actually October 1990. So he's been here for a long time, you know. Yeah. So and the United States of America is my home. You know, this is where my family is. This is where I'm raising my kids. And so but where I'm going with all of this is that the reason why we ended up here is yeah. because of exception, because of opportunity, because of growth because of change and people don't understand because i mean let's face it like i think it was what maybe 20 years ago is that the united states of america was number one in the world in terms of infrastructure like technical infrastructure internet the web all that now it's like i don't know ranks yeah. number 20 or 30 or something like you know the rest of the world is ahead of it but here's the thing you know the land of the free there's a reason they call it the land of the free is because in the United States of America, you can literally be anything you want to, anything you set your mind to, and you've got access to all the things that you need. And so, Absolutely. you know, when people say that, like, you know, when talking about here, difference of opinions, like, that's not true. I mean, you are manipulating, you know, the, the status quo, meaning that, you know, you're saying, well, the United States of America, you know, is becoming a bad country and we're going downhill and all this. And it's like, uh, well, if that's what you think, first of all, move to another country. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. You because, don't leave. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly, exactly. Because the way I see it is like, you know, 
been here 26 years, seen a few presidents come and go, and guess what? I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you survived. Yeah. It still survived. And like people just don't, I, I feel like too many Americans just get immersed into the election and politics and stupid crap that they just forget like what truly matters. Well, I, I, I agree with some of that to some extent, mm -hmm. but I think it's important for people to be involved and to educate themselves. Sure. What I have take issue with is people who have such strong opinions, but don't know what they're talking about. You right. know, to me, that's really a bigger problem. So many people want to uh, say that they have a strong opinion and that they know what's best for the future, but they haven't done the education. They haven't done the research. They haven't educated themselves. Sure. Um, and so, you know, if you don't know, that's fine. And if you, that's not your priority, that's totally fine. But then you shouldn't uh, don't don't claim to be an authority, you know. Uh, and I sure. think that's true in any any area of uh, expertise, any field. Um, but if you are going to be an active participant, if you are going to be, uh, you know, having the discourse, the dialogue with people, and you have a platform, if you are going to be just voting, you should be educating yourself. So I I do think people should be involved because if they're taking sure. action, they should be involved. And but be involved from a place of uh, you know, integrity and information. Don't be involved just because right. you're hysterical. Right. You know, that's, that's well, you said, you said it, you said it just to interject this, you said integrity. And I wanted to interject on that because I think that is the, the word that most people don't keep top of mind right now is this, can you be integral? You know, right now, can yeah. we agree to disagree? You know, and like you said, educate yourself, right. you know, don't, don't, don't develop your, you know, own version of, you know, uh, the truth, you know, educate yourself before you, you actually, you know, decide to say something that, you know, you, you don't mean, or is not, not true. And I think that's probably the difference here is that people don't understand is this, that there's a, a cordial difference between stating an opinion about yeah. something and stating a fact. They're not one in the same. And most no, people, they're not. Exactly. And most people would like to think that, well, my opinion on the country and my state of happiness or unhappiness or my life or business is yeah. the way that things are. It's a fact. No, yeah. your opinion is your opinion based mm -hmm. on probably your perspective on things, most likely. Right. It does I, not make it true. I love that. That was a quote that uh, Pence said in uh, the debate with uh, Kamala Harris, and it, it's not his. He took the quote, um, but it was that you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. <laughs> and right. that goes for all people. Absolutely. I think where a lot of the confusion is, is that uh, one is the media, but that's a whole separate conversation. But the other is that there are facts. There are absolutely absolute facts. And some of them we are privy to and we have access mm -hmm. to know exactly what happened, you know, what these facts are. Then you can have an opinion and interpretation of those facts. But you don't get to make up your own facts, nor do you get to say that your opinion is fact. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's a that's a really good point. And that's where I think you know, a lot of people get it wrong. Is this that your opinion is your opinion? And uh, let's face it, social media is probably the most notorious about this. I mean, I see this on Facebook. I see this on LinkedIn now. I see this on, 
well, Twitter is like seriously just Twitter, yeah. rat race of people just like bashing each other. And uh, and then there's, uh, of course, uh, Instagram also, which really has become a victim of that where too many people are great. You express your own opinion, but please realize that it's your own opinion. Right. It's not a fact. If you've got fact that is well fact checked from a credible source, then that makes it true. Right. But, but it's just amazing. And why is it that when it comes to election time that this happens? I feel like most people bend over backwards or literally get their panties in a wad. Excuse my French for the fact that uh-huh. it's election time. And they start thinking like, well, my opinion is a fact. No, oh, dude, yeah. it's an opinion. <laughs> Exactly. And I do think social media is notorious. And part of it is just the platform because you aren't, you're not in front of the person. So you don't have to, you don't have to face them. You don't have to look them in the eye. You don't have to humanize them. You can throw yourself out there. People are way more brazen than they would ever be in person. I have experienced this where people get into battle with me online and see things that are horrendous i mean really just cruel that they would never have the guts and the courage to say to my face in real life they're behind a keyboard and you know they don't have to deal with looking me in the eye and seeing another human being and realize how cruel they're being yeah sure well and and i want to touch upon that because you said keyboard and the keyboard warriors are at large all over social media right now let's just face it so how do you handle that? You know, how do, how do you approach it when, like you said, you know, you get into these, I feel like, senseless debacles with people who feel like they're so self-righteous. Like, what's your take on that? Like, like how should you handle, you know, someone who they, they feel so strong felt on a topic and then just can't let go? Um, You know, one of the things that I have really started to do is to put uh, the onus on them. I start asking questions. Because I think mm-hmm. people get into attack mode. Um, right. And, you know, you're talking about facts versus opinions. And people go into ad hominems. You know, they're just attacking your character. And so when I when people do that, it's very easy to retreat and feel offended, insulted, and to retaliate from that place. Right. So I try to step back and instead ask them, why do you think that? You know, what... What right. makes you what 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 facts do you have to back that up, or where is this coming from, or you know it, it varies depending on what the what, what right. the accusation has been, right. um, but to really put it back on them instead of getting into you know a name calling fight that's just not productive and both people walk away feeling hurt and angry and I think a lot of relationships can be destroyed that way and I just don't see. The purpose of that so i would rather if you are going to have an intellectual discussion online then it should really be a discourse so i really tried to ask them you know what is it that makes you think this way or can you give me some examples and uh you know really put it back on them and then hopefully you can have more of an intellectual discourse as opposed to just you know name calling back and forth <laughs> You know what's what's really fascinating about the flip side of that too, actually, that I want to get your take on is the fact that let's just face it, people don't like being proved wrong. Sure. When you when you when you fact check someone and mm-hmm. say, okay, why do you feel this way, right? And if you have a valid reason to believe that obviously their opinion is wrong, 
whatever it might be, you know, life, world, business, politics, right. you know, social media, whatever. Yeah. And you fact check them and you put them on the spot. You know, what's fascinating about that is like most people are like, well, screw you, man. Like <laughs> immediately the block button comes like block. Right. Why? Because you, you, dis you, you disagree with me uh, because, you know, I proved you wrong because I made you realize that you're stating an opinion and not a fact. And let's just face it. Honestly, majority of social media is nothing more than opinions. Mm -hmm. A vast yeah. majority of social media is. I know Facebook, I mean, I look through my streams and, and you know, I follow a lot of people who are very heavy, you know, on the political side of things. You know, a lot of Republicans, a lot of Democrats also. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see different posts, right? Like different messaging. And I'm sitting here thinking and I'm like, has social media really become a place to cultivate people based on opinions and create chaos and controversy? Uh, and maybe this is coming from a place where I happened to watch The Social Dilemma mm -hmm. this past week. And, like, it just really got me thinking, which, by the way, that movie, I felt like the first half of the movie was, like, bashing social media. I'm like, okay, I must be doing all this wrong then, you know. <laughs> I'm on social media, and, like, it, it's 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 stressful. It's depressing. It can attribute to, you know, ending my marriage. And it's like, uh, says who? And so... I want to get your take. I mean, you know, like the controversial, the keyboard warriors. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do you approach that? And and what's some insight that you can share to other folks that, okay, well, you know, if you if you can't agree to disagree with someone, how do you how do you go about? You know, do you block them? It really depends. Um, mm -hmm. So I personally like hearing people who are on the other side of an argument from my own. Sure, I like hearing other perspectives. I feel like. Either one, I will learn something I didn't know, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, and it will change my perspective. And I think that's really beneficial. That's how I grow, you know. Um, that's how I, you know, correct where I want my bias to sit. So I think that that helps me evolve as a person. And you know, uh, you know, I, I also think it's just really interesting as a part of an intellectual journey. So I personally enjoy hearing other people's opinions even when they don't agree with me um yeah. however i and the, the second thing about that is also if if i'm really uh, convinced that you know the other person is wrong and i i you know sure. become more strongly entrenched in my own view it behooves me to hear another side of the argument and to have that discussion because then i learn how to be better at presenting my argument because if you're preaching to the choir, you don't really have to be all that cogent in your arguments, right? They already agree with you. They're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're talking to somebody who doesn't agree with you, it makes you a better communicator to be able right. to explain why you think the way that you do. So that's my personal perspective. I really enjoy having that discourse. But I also think that that's where progress arises. So when I approach, you know, talking to somebody who is you know, very clearly, and they're honest and transparent about the fact that we are on different sides of, you know, a particular issue. What I like to do is find the common ground first. You know, I start I'm from, and that's what I realize. A lot of people, we, you end up agreeing on a lot more than you disagree. The disagreements are just louder. You know, there's lots of noise around what you don't agree on. Um, but there's also a lot of things we do agree on. We might just not agree on how to get there. And so right. I like to try and start from finding what are the things we do agree on. Let's start there. 
And then you build some sort of rapport, you build some trust, you humanize the other person, and you know you have more of a, uh, an, I, you know, intimate kind of a conversation because now it's two people talking as opposed to just two bobbleheads who are disputing something. Sure. So start from there, yeah. and then you know, as you keep moving, you find a place where you don't agree, and then I try to have an honest conversation about, you know, why we disagree, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to touch upon that for a second. And and first of all, just to mention to listeners that uh, that is perhaps one of the top reasons why uh, I wanted you to be a co-host is because um, the level of optimism and positivity is hard to come about. And I think that, you know, that is probably a derivative of, of probably your story and your background, because I, I think that has a huge correlation to uh, life experiences. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to difference of opinion and agreeing to disagree and having an optimistic outlook, which a lot of people kind of have a pessimistic outlook when you agree, you know, when you get into a difference of opinion, you know, debacle, and that's, that's very hard to come about because in the flip side of that is just that, you know, you never know what you might learn. You know, sometimes you might be wrong. You know, yeah. especially if you are so um, in, in tuned and immersed into your own opinion, which a lot of people are. A lot of people mm -hmm. are immersed into their own opinions and they misconstrue it with facts yeah. about life, business, politics, news, everything. Right. And I think that's in part of why a lot of people kind of refrain you know, from watching the news and politics and all that, because they think that that's a solution to avoiding the problem. When you know that the problem exists. And so having that optimistic outlook, you know, and being positive and saying, okay, we might not see uh, eye to eye, but you know what? That's a great thing. Mm -hmm. And we probably, because if we see eye to eye, right, is, I mean, yes, it's important to resonate, but yeah. also it's important to have difference of opinion because mm -hmm. that's what helps grow and thrive things in life and in business and in politics. That's what keeps the United States of America, I think, so flexible, so diverse, so yeah. opportunistic, you yeah. know? Without a doubt. And you, you said, do you block them? So when it comes mm -hmm. to certain conversations and, you know, certainly on social media, there are times where I think that's totally appropriate. If somebody is clearly not interested in having a genuine discussion and they're just name calling and they're just getting nasty and there's no productivity that's coming of this discourse, then yeah, absolutely. I think it's totally, you know, worthwhile to say, okay, this is not somebody I want to continue to converse with. And you should pick and choose because, you know, I think we only have so much time and energy in our lives that Right. You know, if something's not going anywhere and you've given it a fair shot, then, yeah, say, okay, maybe I want to direct my energy elsewhere. I think that that's totally valid. Yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. That's an excellent point. And, you know, that is probably one of the biggest things that I think is frustrating about social media is when people can't agree to disagree and then you have to block someone. Because I know I've had to do that, you know, a lot, especially over the last year. And simply people that... <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it almost seems like a, a childish act in a way. It's like, really, I mean, we're all adults or hopefully anyway, who knows who's on the other side of the handle, you know, and that's another <laughs> yeah, part of yeah, social right. media, you know, the flip, the flip side of the coins, like, you know, who's on the other side, you know, or the handle. But for the most part, it's like, okay, we're all adults. 
okay? We all have our own outlook and perspective on things. Just think about it this way is if we were to strive for more unity and peace, I mean, just think of how much better the world would be all around. I mean, uh, humanity will be far more advanced, I think, in every way. Technology would be advanced in, in many ways. You know, I think that the way governments and the way countries are being ran are, are going to be significantly different. Not to mention is like, I, I mean, I think that would actually contribute to uh, maybe uh, limiting or, you know, bringing down the level of crime. I wouldn't say completely, you know, omitting it, but because when, when you think about it is, is, you know, when you look at crime, right, when you look at wars, for instance, you know, most countries go into wars because of difference of opinion, literally. It's difference of opinions because, you know, we know a lot of countries like in the Middle East go to war because of religious reasons. That's happened for, I feel like, a couple thousand years at least now. You know, countries in the Middle East have been at war because of difference of opinion on a religious outlook. Then there's countries who disagree on economic reasons also. And it's like, like, how, can we and not be so I, I would just say that I think a lot of actually religious wars uh, do have a, a lot of economic and power struggles. You know, it's not just a difference of uh, ideology or religious beliefs. You know, there, there's a lot of power struggles going on in those wars as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, there is. And but I'm just thinking of thinking of it from, you know, uh, and maybe that that's me being trying to be perfectionist. I don't know, is looking at the world and saying, well, how about if we were more positive? How, how about if we were more optimistic? You know, mm -hmm. how how about if we embrace more of the let the bygones be bygones, you know, mentality and don't hold grudges against people? Because I'm going to be honest is this I'm probably the, one of the most imperfect human beings on the planet because a lot of these things that I just mentioned is that I used to hold grudges. You know, I used to dislike people who had a different opinion when I was younger. And then I realized it's like, OK, first of all, you live and learn. And yeah. that's part why I'm talking about some of these things is because I don't think you truly fathom the importance of some of these things until you actually experience them yourself. Mm -hmm. And see, like, what difference of opinion means because I've had people block me on social media. And it's like, why did they block me? I'd feel guilty about it. Be like, <laughs> I don't feel guilty about it. They're, they block you because you don't have any common interest, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't, you just spend zero time and zero energy. Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about the naysayers. And so, what's your take on that? I mean, how, how do you take that in? You know, like you said, you either block them or you try to rectify this, the mm -hmm. situation, which there's only a few people who try to rectify a situation because most people are just not that optimistic. Because and in part, I think with with males, too, is we allow our ego to get the best yeah. of us. It's yeah. like, boom, ego. It's like, no, I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. Screw <laughs> you. Block. See you later. You know, right. it's like as opposed to why? Why don't you question it? You know, mm -hmm. why? Why is this person telling me that I'm wrong right. in my in my you know opinion or perspective on things? Maybe they can give you something to think about and then you draw your own conclusion. But I feel like too many people just don't take the time. So, you know, what's your take on that? I, I think it's about priorities. So I like I said, I, I personally I enjoy hearing other people's perspectives. So I will give quite a bit of time and attention to exploring that journey and seeing where they're coming from and seeing if they're open to having a genuine intellectual discourse. 
And if that's the case, that can be really fruitful for both of us and really interesting. We may not come to the same conclusion. We may still find that we very much disagree and that's totally okay. But both of us may learn in the process. So I like to give that opportunity. I like to explore that and see if that's possible. If I'm finding that, you know, after a lot of discussion that I'm still just getting somebody who has no interest in listening, no interest in seeing any possibility that they may be wrong, or maybe that, that you know, that they feel very strongly in their convictions. I respect that, but that they want to actually have the conversation. If that, if they yeah. don't, they just want to name call and be mean, then I, I think there's no purpose in continuing that. And I think it's also yeah. really important to assess who this person is. So, you know, I've had conversations with people who I don't really know very well. I've, you know, interacted once or twice. Maybe I, mm -hmm. you know, met them a few years ago and then they hop on my wall and get into this, you know, screaming match with me and start calling me names and attacking my character. That's not somebody I need to continue to have in my life. Now, if it's somebody else who I'm very close to and I have a history with and we have a strong difference of opinion, that's somebody I will reach out to most likely privately and say, hey, you know, I value you in my life. I recognize we've never agreed on right. certain things. And that's okay. That doesn't take away from I know you, who you are at the core as a person. I still love and respect you. And we don't agree on certain things. Value you in my life. And that, I think, is something really important for people to acknowledge and to assess. Because you don't feel that way about everybody. There are people you right. don't disagree. There are people you disagree with who are not important in your life. And that's okay. And there are other people who you do disagree with who may be family. They may be very close friends. They may be people you work with, you know, very closely. Right. Um, right. And those are people you want to, you know, show them you appreciate them and you value them. You just don't agree. Yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's an excellent point. And I know that this conversation can go endless and we'll have plenty of time, <laughs> in fact. Uh, and so coming up at the top of the hour here is, you know, for those of us that were just uh, that were just tuning in here, uh, jamming with the lovely Courtney Turner, who, um, if you're just tuning in, is the new co-host of The Raj Project. And I'm so ecstatic <laughs> about having her on because we're going to be talking about some awesome shit. So you guys need to be subscribed everywhere. Uh, the Roz Project is available in audio on all major platforms. And we're actually uh, streaming everywhere on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, LinkedIn Live. And I'm pretty stoked about this because I've been thinking about this for a while. But Courtney, you know, I, I want to thank you. I mean, for amazing hour, amazing hour. You always bring the fire. And I love that. Always bring <laughs> the fire you know, in, in, into this. And uh, without further ado, uh, before we wrap things up, just want to let everybody know that uh, we're coming back on Friday. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be the same time, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can follow me on my socials also, and very soon also with Courtney as well to follow the Ross Project. Uh, and we are going to be coming straight at you. So make sure that you're subscribed. Also, make sure you set uh, your timers, reminders, uh, so you can watch. Courtney, um, anything else you want to add? 
No, this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Thank awesome. you so much for inviting me. Welcome, I ladies and gentlemen. Continuing, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for today. The Ross Project. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. And I will talk to you later. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.